Vanetics with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase, an ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership, personal change, and the principles of divine administration. Part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at uaspr.org. This episode is titled, Unselfishness as a Tool to Find Happiness, Peace, and Fulfillment. The Secret that Everyone Hears About but Few Practice. Or, The Disease of Self. Here is Neon Emerson Chase. We're working, all of us uh, writers for the Alternative Voice are working on our articles, and I had just finished mine. It's called The Norm of Immorality. And I wanted to read one section from that, so you get a preview of my article, but one section from it, and that section is called The Disease of Self. I'll start out with that and then move on. The conclusions that individuals with spiritized not necessarily religious minds, come to is that most problems in our world come from selfishness on a personal level as well as on all societal levels. I realize that that sounds too simple for a multi-layered, complex, highly technical dominant society, but sometimes in order to get to the root of those numerous overwhelming problems Going to the very basic foundation of what something is built upon is the beginning of moving towards real, deep problem-solving. Let's face it, we live in a profit-motive, selfish civilization that, frankly, strongly influences the rest of the world and, in reality, controls most of what goes on in the world. Yes, yes, there are individuals and groups, organizations and facets of governments whose motives are less selfish and based more on service for the betterment of all of humankind, but they don't seem to rule the world, not yet anyway. And of course, there are businesses and corporations that contribute much to the well-being of individuals and civilization And there are those who indeed use money as a tool for improving the lives of others. But as long as laws are formed and implemented that protect people in high places of power from having to be morally and socially responsible, personal and societal corruption will just become more entrenched in the consciousness of most people. For selfishness, with all of its manifestations, will be the accepted norm. The United States of America was founded on certain inalienable rights, including the right for individuals to pursue happiness. Unfortunately, without spiritized values that align with divine pattern, the perusal of happiness can become selfish, absorbed with self, not balanced with a sense of responsibility and service towards others. Michael Nagler, professor emeritus at the University of California at Berkeley and author of The Search for a Nonviolent Future, has this to say about U.S. society. American culture, overwhelmingly that of the commercial mass media, 
creates in millions of people a self-centered, materialistic worldview, which in turn strongly supports a totalitarian politics. Egocentric politicians appeal to the egotism in each of us. When that egotism is inflated, narcissistic leaders, they are really more like mass followers, come strongly to power. The Urantia book indicates that most problems that plague individuals and groups of people stem from not distinguishing between true and false liberty. True liberty is the associate of genuine self-respect. False liberty is the consort of self-admiration. Having self-respect is very different from having self-admiration. Self-admiration is being self-absorbed and selfish. One comes from the spirit within, and the other comes from the ego. One takes into consideration the well-being of others, and the other is only concerned for one's own comfort and satisfaction, regardless of the impact on others. In that section about true and false liberty in the Urantia book, we are strongly admonished. There is no error greater than that species of self-deception which leads intelligent beings to crave the exercise of power over other beings for the purpose of depriving these persons of their natural liberties. The golden rule of human fairness cries out against all such fraud, unfairness, selfishness, and unrighteousness. Only true and genuine liberty is compatible with the reign of love and the ministry of mercy. Greg Kreck, author, therapist, and co-founder of the To-Do Institute, states, If you look at the conflicts in the world today from a Nikin perspective, and that's a form of Japanese spiritual reflection, specifically the conflicts where the United States is involved, you would begin to understand why people in other countries would have the attitude they do toward the United States. When we begin to ask, what troubles and difficulties have we caused others, there's an opening for compassion toward people who hate us, who are fighting against us, The answers for our global situation are the same as the answers for our personal situations. We have to be able to get beyond this intense self-absorption and self-focus. Do we really want 290 million self-absorbed people preoccupied with personal happiness? Can we really build a healthy society based on everybody being self focused? What is selfishness? How is it manifested in our daily personal lives? How is it manifested in your thought processes? When celestial overcontrol began to first contact Talias, Van, and me, even the midwayers called us children. And I think it's because From a celestial perspective, most of us human beings, no matter how accomplished we may be 
in certain areas, how gifted, blah, 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 all that stuff, that from their standards, we seem like children. We haven't grown up. We haven't grown out of our selfishness. And the Lucifer Manifesto, what he taught was self-assertion, which stems from pride, which Lucifer had, and which, again, is a very normal, natural thing in us human beings, at least on this planet. Lucifer wasn't a human being. He was a primary Lenondedec son. But he had it, too, from our understanding that those lower emotions do not seem to go higher than primary Lenondedec sons, so that your Melchizedek and above do not manifest that kind of pride and whatever, but from Lenondedec sons down in the levels of personalities, it is a problem. <clears throat> and we humans, being on the very, very bottom rung of personalities and in, in ascending towards perfection, we have it huge. And it is normal and natural. And yet, God is asking us to move out of that. And the whole life of Jesus, when Michael of Nebadon bestowed here, was to show us how, as a human being on this fallen world, at that level, you can live a life of perfection and selflessness. With self-assertion comes the aversion to submitting to those in eldership and leadership within divine pattern. We should not submit to any kind of leadership that is infantile or downright stupid. And what Mark Twain was referring to, of a bunch of imbeciles, um, those, that's a type of name calling, but it does have some humor. But leadership within divine pattern is something that we do need to submit to. But when we do not, it is a form of selfishness. And it is what Lucifer taught in his manifesto, and that is why he then deviated from the rule and the leadership of Michael of Nebadon, the Universal Father, the core of finalitors that were working closely at the time in divine administration, and on and on and on. That in itself is many years of study. We know here that part of the Lucifer Manifesto that's manifested is, we can see it in Western psychology, it's filled with therapies based on narcissism. And if you remember from mythology, narcissism is taken from Narcissus, who became so, he was so filled with self-admiration, so absorbed with self that when he saw a reflection of himself in this still pool, he thought, oh, you're just so beautiful and wonderful. And he just kept, you know, looking and looking and looking. And he ended up then losing him truly who he really was within what we would say within God personality and became then part of the water and a flower and lost his humanity, I guess you could say, his personality. And so narcissism is that self-absorption. I don't know how many of you have been involved in a lot of therapy sessions and counseling in the third dimension, but probably all of us have read a few of those self-help books that are that have been coming out for the last 30 years. And most of them are based on you getting your 
selfish wants and desires fulfilled on you being happy. I've met many people who've spent years and even decades in therapy, and they're just as miserable and unhappy now as they were when they initially started their therapy. What happened to the healing that they were supposed to get after spending all these thousands of dollars in therapy going from one therapist to another and when they'd move from city to city? Um, I, I was always puzzled by that. That Do you remember Greg Kreck, who I just mentioned, referred to in what, before when I was reading an excerpt from my uh, article? He's a therapist, though, that won't use that kind of therapy. He uses a higher, more spiritized therapy that's based on getting out of your selfishness and moving more into compassion. He uses as its foundation an old spiritual practice. It's a Japanese practice that has almost been forgotten. It's based upon a tradition called naikan, which is a form of self-reflection. Naikan translates into inside looking, inner observation, seeing oneself through the mind's eye. And here in divine administration, we refer to it as looking at oneself through the divine mind's eye, because we do have circuitry to the divine mind. And we are, if you recall, in the Melchizedek Schools of Self-Evaluation, cooperating with a threefold spirit that's within all of us. And these Melchizedek Schools of Self-Evaluation, will be participating in them throughout our ascension process through this local universe of Nebadon. Nayakin is structured to focus our attention on our own conduct in relation with our in relationship with our parents, siblings, friends, partners, co-workers, neighbors, and anyone else with whom we interact. The Urantia book indicates that ascension is all about relationships, how we relate to God, to the spiritual living forces, and how do we relate to each other. The focus of the Marantia training on the system and constellation worlds for us evolutionary mortals is learning how to relate in a higher way with other personalities, how to cooperate, how to coordinate, how to minister to, how to love in a more divine way. Naiken encourages us to accept life's events rather than become mired in our feelings about what has happened to us. We often call that navel contemplating. And how many of us have been guilty of that? We all have. And if you can recall, we can laugh about it, and that's what we need to do. We need to laugh at that imbecility. But when we uh, do navel contemplating, we can watch if, when we're, when we're um, evaluating that. We can look back and see how we led our little minds, how we went right into the maze of madness, and how we frankly became quite mad for a while. For some of us, hopefully it only lasts a half an hour, an hour. 
you know, but, but sometimes we've allowed ourselves, you know, to do it quite a long time, even a lifetime. And so it becomes a really nasty habit that we carry within us that we have to break. So instead of being the victim here, we're learning to grow up and focus on the world around us and the other persons in that world. In order for us to heal and ascend, we must recognize the aspects of the selfish parts in us, the facets of the Lucifer manifesto with us, and then do something about it. No whining and sniveling aloud for those who are truly trying to heal, to grow up, to ascend. Have you, how many of you seen a bumper sticker? It's been out for about 10 years. It says no whining and sniveling. I just love that bumper sticker. <laughs> Rather than selfishly moaning and groaning about what life has done to us, how others have hurt us, how we've been betrayed, oh my God, you know. Marantia Counseling here in Divine Administration and on the Mansion Worlds, may I remind you, leads us out of expressing anger and blaming others to experiencing self-examination and, we mentioned it over here, Asai, gratitude. If we cooperate with the threefold spirit of God in us and with the program set up for each of us here in Divine Administration, we're each on a program, each one of us, we will ascend into healing, selflessness, gratitude, service, and compassion. And we will increasingly experience happiness and inner peace more than we will experience unhappiness, frustration, resentment, and fear. We may not be 100% always, oh, everything's copacetic, but we'll experience that happiness and peace more and more and more and less and less of our times will be in that dis-ease and anxiety and unhappiness. But in order to get on this road of healing and growing up, we do have to do some research on our lives, which can be initially terrifying since we've been programmed by the third-dimensional culture to frantically run away from self-contemplation from experiencing the dark night of the soul. So we have to reprogram ourselves. We have to start collecting data, analyzing the data, and coming to some conclusions using the standards of fifth epical revelation and continuing fifth epical revelation. We definitely have to reprogram ourselves in order to do this self-examination with the foundation of epical revelation and not that third-dimensional foundation that's based on pride, selfishness, and egotism. We have to see the luciferic lie of narcissism that the third-dimensional society is permeated with, and thus we are too, because we are products of that society. Remember also I had mentioned Michael Nagler and the book that he wrote, The Search for a Nonviolent Future, is based on a lie about human nature and the nature of life. 
teaching us that we don't care about each other and we can find fulfillment alone. Anyone who does not dare succumb to despair believes, and we are right to believe, that there must be a way to mobilize the truth against such slander. The lie that we're addressing has a metaphysical foundation. It rests in the last analysis on the regressive, not progressive, but regressive idea that human beings and the world in general consist of matter and are therefore built up out of parts that are disconnected from each other and from any final meaning. Mr. Nagler goes on to say that this dreary worldview renders us misfits at best in in a sterile universe and infantile monsters who wreak havoc and destruction at the worst. We in Aquarian Concepts community know from embracing ethical revelation from our own personal experiences that we indeed are much more than material, that we are mind and spirit, that our destiny is to live eternally, traversing universes teeming with life and circuitry, not sterile universes. Universes that are teeming with adventure and discovery, with truth, beauty, and goodness. If we continue to be faithful in cooperating with the program that's been set up for us here by celestial overcontrol and human eldership, we will discover that we have received more than we gave to individuals, to groups, to the world. We are in debt, and once we recognize we are in debt, God's mercy and compassion become real for us rather than just interesting ideas to discuss and think about. We experience grace. For me, I'm just growing and unfolding more and more in grace, realizing more and more how unworthy I am for God's goodness that he bestows upon me every day. Grace comes from an examination of your life in which you realize that you don't deserve what you're getting. That's what I experience, and it's interesting. It's called growing in humility. But the more humble, I can only speak for myself, but it is a spiritual truth. I really believe that. The more humble and humbled I become, the more grateful I become, and the more gratitude I feel, the more joy I feel, and the more richness I feel, the more whole I feel. And that's the complete opposite of what the world tells us and has told me. Grace is the difference between seeing life as an entitlement and life as a gift. Grace is growing in compassion day to day. And what is compassion? It's getting out of your own perceptions and ideas and trying to understand someone else's position. In closing, I'd like for all of you to follow through with something this coming week. I want you to think of at least one person, if you dare to, you can think of others, but at least focus on one person 
that you resent, that you feel betrayed by, that you think has hurt you in some way. I want you to think about that person, or if you choose to choose, you know, have more that you want to do, that's okay too. Why do you feel so negatively about him? But here's the questions I'd like you to really ask and answer. Because I think these questions can help you then see this person with compassion rather than with judgment. And <laughs> What have you received from this person? And when I use the word received, I mean in a positive way, as a gift. What have you given this individual? And what difficulties have you caused for this individual? I think that you'll discover if you really, truly are able to go deep enough and answer these questions that you're in debt to this person that you're so angry with or that you, you know, want to strangle or whatever it is. In fact, you're in debt to them more than you think they're in debt to you. I think you'll discover that you really haven't given very much back to that person. If you continue daily to participate in the Melchizedek schools of self-evaluation, I do think that, as it has with me, your attention from yourself will begin to shift to others outside of yourself. I think you will become less self-absorbed and more absorbed in the world around you. And when you do, you begin to fall in love more and more with life and with the people around you. Consider any activity that pulls you outside of yourself as rejuvenating and healthy. So anything that's going to get you away from your navel contemplating is good. When you are focused outside of yourself and engaged with the world around you and the people around you, you will discover that you are not so miserable, so depressed, and so unhappy. You'll forget all about that as you forget about yourself. And guess what? You probably won't feel so lonely either. Thank you. Vanetics with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase, an ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership, personal change, and the principles of divine administration. Part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at uaspr.org. 